0: If you'll open your Bibles tonight to John chapter 9 for the last time, I had originally intended to teach this chapter in one lesson, in one sermon. Now this is the third one. And then I thought about looking at verses 39 through 41 and moving into chapter 10 this evening, and that's not going to happen either. But may the Lord be glorified in what we do in these three verses. John chapter 9, verses 39 through 41. Jesus has just healed a man who was born blind. And that man has publicly worshipped him exactly the same way that he worships God, Yahweh, the Father. Please note the implication. And there are some Pharisees present who saw this. And these are the Pharisees who have accused Jesus of being a sinner earlier in this chapter. But the healed man contradicted them to their face. Look at verse 30. After the Pharisees have accused the Lord Jesus of being a sinner because he healed on the Sabbath, the man answered and said to them, Well, Here's a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he's from. And he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He was in their face, contradicting them, standing up for Jesus. And they cast him out from the synagogue. That means they excommunicated him. Now, when this healed man worships the Lord Jesus, then the Lord Jesus speaks. As if he's speaking to the healed man. But he's actually speaking to some Pharisees that are there. So, follow along in your Bible as I read beginning with verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, Are we blind too? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. Jesus says, apparently, to the healed man, but actually to the Pharisees who were with him. Apparently they weren't part of the lynch mob. Uh, Maybe they had been left behind to just keep an eye on him and see if they could catch him in something that he had to say. And he says, for judgment I came into this world. Now he said this before the last time he healed in Jerusalem. That was in chapter 5 at the pool of Bethesda. And in chapter 5, verses 22 and 30, he said that all judgment had been committed to him. And he also said in verse 30, that he judged rightly because he only judged what he heard from his father. So again, the Lord Jesus is saying, for judgment I have come into this world. Judgment. Discerning what's right and what's wrong. Discerning who's guilty, who's innocent. Discerning who will be condemned and who will be pardoned. And then having the authority to do it. Judgment. To separate those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ from those who reject him. In Matthew chapter 25 he puts it this way. To separate his sheep from the goats. So, who are the sheep? He says down here in verse 39 that those who do not see may see. The sheep are those who do not see and yet will see, they don't see. They're content to ignore God. Uh, They see God as an irritating inconvenience who keeps them from enjoying life as they would like to enjoy life. In, In their attitude, they're good enough. I mean, God shouldn't have any problem with them. Why is he putting down these rules and these ethical standards and the like? We're good enough. But then Jesus shows up and wonderfully they see. They, they see themselves as they are. Sinners against the holy God. Sinners deserving the wrath of God. They see Jesus as he is. The human son of God. And God the son become human. That he is the son of God who by his sovereign grace and mercy has opened their eyes. And they believe in him. And they entrust themselves to him. They're realizing that by free grace, he has pardoned their sins. Remember what he says here? For judgment I have come into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind." And then when they say, are we blind too? He said, if you were blind, you would have no sin. Because those who are blind and have their eyes opened by the Lord Jesus, believe in him, receive him, entrust themselves to him, and he pardons their sin. Hmm. They see that he reveals the Father to be as he really is. Not the way you imagine him to be. We imagine the Father, we imagine God, to be this bitter tyrant who's only interested in spoiling our fun. But when the Lord Jesus Christ opens our eyes, we see God the Father for who he really is. As Psalm 86 says, you Lord are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy and truth to all who call on you. That's who he is. And we see him for who he is. Now, who are the goats? Remember we said that in this judgment, Jesus separates the sheep from the goats. So who are the goats? Jesus says here in verse 39, they're the ones who see, but they become blind. They see God is holy. They see that his law is holy and good and right. Just like God is holy and good and right. They see that disobeying this good law of God is sin. They see that judgment on sin is sure and is right. That sin ought to be judged. But then they become blind. You see they recognize God's law is good and holy. And they think they keep God's law. They think that because they keep God's law, they've escaped judgment. They think that their scrupulous religious activities counterbalance their guilt. They think that their scrupulous religiosity satisfies God. Their self-righteousness has blinded them to the fact that they need to be saved from their sins just like the whores and just like thieves. They're blind to the fact that their religion is merely skin deep. It's all show. Their hearts are still deceitful and desperately wicked. Jesus describes them in Matthew chapter 24 as whitewashed tombs. In other words, pretty tombs. prettily painted tombs. But inside they're full of dead men's bones and corruption and filth and all kinds of uncleanness. Those are the ones who are the goats. Hmm. So the Pharisees who were with him, verse 40 heard these things. They heard the man worship the Lord Jesus. They heard what the Lord Jesus has just said in verse 39. And they said to him, are we blind too? In other words, they're actually saying it with a sneer. You know, this is it's not a request for information. It's like when the Lord Jesus asks a question, he's never looking for information. You know, It's always a rhetorical question. This is a rhetorical question. I mean, surely if anybody sees, we see. Surely if anybody understands God, we understand God. Surely if anybody is knows how to get out from underneath the wrath of God and escape the wrath of God, we know how to get out from underneath the wrath of God and escape the wrath of God. So are we blind to and to expect Jesus to say no? They realize that the Lord Jesus is not talking merely about physical blindness and physical sight. They realize he's talking about spiritual perception. The spiritual perception of God himself and of God's ways. And they think they've got this nailed down tightly. But look what Jesus says to them. Verse 41. Jesus said to them, If you were blind... You would have no sin. Wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) What do you mean, if you were blind, you would have no sin? What's he saying? What's he saying is, if you realized you were blind, if you knew that you were blind, if you realize you don't know God, you don't know his ways. You desperately need to see him and his ways. You desperately need to be reconciled to God. If you are blind and realize that, just like this blind man here, this man who's been healed, realized he was blind. He needed to see. He couldn't himself. He couldn't make himself see. He couldn't do anything for himself. If he was going to receive sight because he was born blind, then God was going to have to give him the sight. He was utterly dependent on the grace of God. And the man knew that. And guess what? God has healed him. And he can see plainly. He's seen for the first time in his life. And he sees understands who I am. He believes in me. He worships me just like he worships the Father. And his sins are forgiven. So if you were blind, you would have no sin. Because I would open your eyes. And your sins would be forgiven when you trust in me. But now you say, we see. You say we see, so your sin remains. You say we understand, we comprehend, we perceive, but you don't. You see well enough from God's word that he is holy, righteous, and that all sin will be judged. But you don't see that your religion is only external. It's all about rituals It's all about what you eat, about what you wear, about offering up this sacrifice and that sacrifice and keeping this festival and keeping that festival. It's all about doing external things. You say you see and you don't realize that your whole religion is just an external religion. It has nothing to do with your heart. You don't realize how wicked your hearts are. That you depend on these external observances to make you right with God. You have been blinded by your self-righteousness. You don't understand what Isaiah said. That all we have become like an unclean thing. And all these righteousnesses are like a filthy rags. Hmm. You know Isaiah 29. Now it wouldn't have been Isaiah 29 in the Torah, I mean in their Bible. But for the sake of what we're looking at, they know what Isaiah said. Listen to Isaiah. This people draw near with their mouth. And honor me with their lips. But they remove their hearts from me. Far from me. And their fear of me. Is the command of men. Learned by rote. <laughs> You're blind that this is all about you. You thought it was about somebody else. And it's all about you you look good to others you whitewash tombs, but your hearts have been removed far from God and you removed your hearts far from God you love money you tithe alright you even tithe your mint and dill and cumin but then you devour widows houses for a pretense you make long prayers In other words, it's just for show it's to impress other people You're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And you claim to revere the word of God, but then you invent schemes that you think will let you violate the law of God without guilt. Like Korban. God's law says honor your father and your mother. Which means that when they become old and they can't provide for themselves, now you provide for them. But you say, you who love money, you who have piled up money, you say, well, all my money is dedicated to God. It's given to God. So I don't have any that I can use to support my parents. And so by your traditions, you violate the word of God. And Jesus, is, or rather Isaiah also says, Their fear of me is the command of men learned by rote. In other words, you have memorized the facts about God's will from the scriptures, but that's all it is to you. It's just rote. It's just facts. Um, watching sometimes in documentaries, the little Muslim boys in the Hadrasas there in Afghanistan And they're reciting, they're memorizing, they're reciting the Quran. And they're like all little boys. They've got it up here. But you see them when they're they're reciting the Quran, they're looking around or they're picking their nose or they're picking their ear or they're looking at a rock on the ground. They're just saying words. They're not even thinking about what they're saying. Jesus says, this is the way you are. You've got it memorized. But it's not gone any further than just a memory banks. It's never made it to your hearts. Mm. You you have removed your hearts far from God. You're cold to God. You just want his benefits. But you don't want him. Therefore, your sin remains. Now the necessary conclusion from this has already been given to us back in chapter 8 verse 24 where Jesus says unless you believe that I am you will die in your sins. Now this whole chapter has been about this man who was born blind and that Jesus gave him his sight and how the Pharisees responded to that. But it's also about us. We saw that last Lord's Day evening. Where we're we'll seeing how this chapter describes how we were made see, how w- our eyes were opened by the Lord Jesus Christ, because we were blind, we were born blind. Either we resented God as an irritation and tried to ignore Him. We, we, we tried to say, "I'm a good person." I don't know why God has to have all these interferences that I'm seeking to do nothing more than satisfy the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I'm a good person. And we resent God that he has laws about holiness that he imposes on us. We're blind that our sin was killing us. We're blind that he's the life. He is life. Or believe that our scrupulous religious practices would buy off God. You know, tip for tap, quid pro quo. I do this, you do that. It's the old lie about all of our good works on one side of the scale and our bad works on the other side of the scale. And if we're really devoted, if we're really scrupulous about keeping all of our religious traditions, then that's going to offset what we've done in the way of sin. Hmm. All of our church going, all of our Bible reading, all of our praying, all of our fasting. We thought that would satisfy him. But we had removed our hearts far from him. Hmm. But God, who is was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in sins and trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and he raised us up together with Christ and he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in the Lord Jesus Christ we who did not see we who were blind saw Because God made us see. The Lord Jesus Christ came to us and he made us to see. He gave us eyes to see. He gave us ears to hear. And we saw that all of our notions that we had about God, that he was this bitter tyrant, we found out that he's altogether delightful. Because the Lord Jesus Christ made us see. In Psalm 86, 15, we saw that you, O Lord, are a God compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. In Psalm 145, verse 8, we saw that Yahweh is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, great in loving kindness. Yahweh is good to all, and his compassions are over all his works. The Lord Jesus Christ made us to see he opened our eyes by sovereign grace he opened our eyes and we were drawn to him I remember reading one time about the holiness of God and the holiness of God it frightens us it intimidates us I mean our God is a consuming fire And he would by no means acquit the guilty. And we consider his holiness and we draw back from him because we're afraid of him. But we look at his holiness and we're drawn into it and we're attracted to it. And we see that in his holiness there's beauty. And that beauty is the purity that his spirit has caused us to long for. And even though His holiness is intimidating, His holiness is like a magnet that draws us to Him because we want that. In Christ, we want that. And so we're drawn to Him. And we trust in Him. And we entrust ourselves to Him. We believe Him. And our sins are forgiven in Him. He forgives our sins and He makes us His sheep and He gives us eternal life. He gives us eternal life this God that when we were blind we thought was such a killjoy that we thought was so obnoxious that we thought was such an irritant that we tried to avoid we didn't, didn't even want to think about him when Jesus opens our eyes and we see him as he is we desire him and we want him and he gives us eternal life And he begins making us like himself. This is the God we worship. Because we were blind, he made us to see. Because we were blind, and we knew we were blind, he made us to see. Praise God for grace that makes the blind to see. Would you stand with me, please?